0: Gentlemen, welcome to episode 121 of the MTB podcast, presented and hosted by Worldwide Cyclery. I am Jared. I am Jeff. I'm Trevor. You're really selling that, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Got you, you, got sound,
2: you sound like Howard Stern. <laughs> <laughs> you have the best, he has an you
1: have the best voice, voice for this like ever. Thank you, guys. He has yeah. an olive oil voice. Thank you. It's impressive. You know? Well? Let's talk about the content of the episode. That's right. In this episode, we will discuss Shimano recalling hundreds of thousands of cranks, checking tire pressure, back pain during riding, and pitfalls of swapping parts back and forth from bike to bike, and much, much more. And as you've noticed, we have Trevor on the podcast filling in for Liam. Trevor's going to uh, he's gonna fill in a lot more often now. Hopefully, maybe just indefinitely. Maybe. And I'm going to retire.
2: Who knows? <laughs> Hope not. You're pretty entertaining, Jeff.
1: Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Well, you did a great job last time. Everyone was stoked. Thank you. And uh, so we're just happy to have another highly knowledgeable bike nerd on the podcast. Let's do it. Works, highly qualified. Well. Highly qualified too. Knowledgeable and qualified. I guess those are those should run in parody there. Maybe even overqualified. Probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being overqualified, oh, how about Daniel's fun fact Daniel's of the week? Daniel's fun
0: fact: Most elephants weigh less than the tongue of a blue whale.
1: I don't believe that or think that's accurate at all. (laughs) That's just my two cents. That is bold of you to say. my My first instinct is that just isn't accurate.
0: Okay, but think about the size and the scale of a blue whale.
1: They're the Can are compared to an elephant? They're the biggest, think about the size and the scale of an elephant. It's tiny compared to a blue whale. I've seen whales and I've seen elephants. Yeah,
2: but have you seen a blue whale? They're the biggest but mammals the on the earth. It's the tongue. It, the, How big is the tongue? But the, the a tongue blue whale be? is huge. They gotta I, get plankton somehow, man.
1: I think there's gonna be something weird going on here. Maybe the average elephant ends up being smaller because no, it's for the some mass. We're
0: talking about the weight, I guess. Weight and mass are different, but we're talking about the weight. Oh, way so less. So think about than the like tongue. the tongue is a the super density. dense muscle, right? Like right, the elephant. We'll tell you, as I'll a tell
1: whole. you what. We're going to dig we're going to dig into
0: this fun fact and we're going to follow up in the next episode. I believe it. If Daniel presents it to me, I <laughs> I expect it to be he probably fully just Googles funny facts <laughs> yeah. and then he just finds one he likes and sends it to you. You know, I think
2: Daniel just has has uh things just stuck in his brain and he yeah. just let out. For those of you who don't know, Daniel is the warehouse manager here at the West Coast store and Um, I work kind of side by side him in the warehouse and he's always saying some funny stuff to me and, uh, whether it's true or not, it's entertaining nonetheless.
0: It is always entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I think I believe it fully. I mean, but like you said, we could do some research. We're going to follow up on this one. Yeah
2: we ride bikes we don't uh (laughs) we're not dissecting whales yeah Yeah,
0: that's that's for sure
1: (laughs) um speaking of hard to believe can you believe shimano is recalling hundreds of thousands of cranks Hmm. this is a big one huge for the bike industry that's pretty big so i I think to add some context uh everything breaks in some percentage of everything everyone's seen everything break and have warranty issues and typically i don't know what would your rough guess be it's that's a safe amount of warranties for any one product, like less than 5%, less than 2%.
2: Yeah. I mean, as a mechanic, I see all the see all the broken ones. So yeah. I have a, a maybe a different perspective than most people, but it's still not that many. Um, it's here it's and a there. Small percentage. But for Shimano to be recalling hundreds of thousands of cranks is kind of a big deal. It's huge. Um, considering Shimano cranks are generally the most reliable cranks, I would say. They they have a good reputation. They have a great oh, reputation. They it's did.
0: Pretty simple Yeah, <laughs> And these are road. It's a pretty simple Yeah, this probably doesn't apply
1: to many people listening because this is luckily road cranks. Yeah. None of us that are mountain bikers had these snap underneath us. No. So but I would much rather break the cranks on a road bike while torquing up a hill than
0: I would yeah. landing on a mountain bike off of a drop. Right? Yeah. I mean, so- but that's also like. That's just kind of mind blowing that this many cranks had problems on a road bike. Like people are yeah. four thousand five hundred nineteen incidents of cranks that separating.
2: And to cl- and to clara- <laughs> to clarify, so cool. people so people know, it's the affected cranks are Dura Ace and Ultegra models manufactured prior to July of twenty nineteen. Um, So that's a lot. Yeah, Yeah. it's a lot.
1: Bicycle retailer has got a good article on it if you want to dig more into the specs and also if you have those cranks on one of your bikes, they kind of talk about the serial numbers to look for to see if your cranks are included in that recall, but yeah. that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. That's, when I think of cranks wow.
2: breaking, I think of like a old SRAM XO crank or something or a race face, um, race yeah. face crank breaking, like spindle, pedal spindle, mm-hmm. pedal yeah. spindle coming out. Or mm-hmm. um, if, even if you just hit it on a rock a, on a bottom out or something weird like that, the carbon will kind of chip and chip yeah. away and lose its integrity a little bit. And that's something that I would see that's is common, but for uh, aluminum crank to to delaminate like that is uh kind of a big deal
1: yeah especially i mean it's and it's all the percentage if if there's such a high percentage of these things then it has to turn into a recall and it's not just like oh yeah no it's this is the accepted small percentage things that we'll call a warranty and they're kind of one-offs like no no this was a large percentage enough for them to recall hundreds of thousands of them so that's wild um if you are listening and you have uh Racked your nuts on your top two because of your broken <laughs> Shimano cranks. We'd like to hear from you.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure I actually sold a bike with these cranks on it. So hopefully that guy's doing all right. <laughs> I
2: mean, most most road bikes that were sold prior to 2019 probably came with an El- yeah, the yeah, Toro Shimano crank set. Huge
1: in the road world. So there's so many of them out there. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's nuts. But it is one of those things, you know, like mean, when a recall at that scale is, is pretty wild, but it is important for everyone to know that. You know, anything and everything breaks in some small percentage, and that's okay. Yeah. Don't freak out. Don't panic. Um, hope that it's not something really vital such as handlebars, stems, cranks, pedals, because those are the ones you can end up hurting yourself if they break.
2: And this is another, uh, I guess, lesson on why it's good to buy things new from Worldwide Cyclery it's because yep. you get a warranty with all that stuff. Um, depending on what the warranty is, you should be covered in case uh, something – dramatic like that happens and yeah. uh, the companies will most likely stand behind you. Yeah. Yeah, buying you from a <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Buying from a reputable retailer that offers a warranty policy that is well known for replying to emails and helping customers out is definitely important when these Answering kind the of phone. things happen. Answering the phone, you know it's it's a it's a tall order these days apparently in the customer <laughs> service world, but yeah. Um, I, I always honestly think it's kind of funny. Like we are worldwide circular is renowned for how good the customer support is. And, and I hate to say it, but I really don't think we do anything extraordinary. We just do a great job and we answer phones, answer emails, take care of people. We're nice. We're rational. We're kind. We help out. Um, but that is extraordinary because what we're being held to is, essentially airline level customer service or, yeah, the ordinary is or, or not ideal <laughs> dish network <laughs> called dish network that's yeah. kind of like the experience you get with a lot of other retailers in the bike world it is which
0: is yeah which is wild I've been meaning it's to totally call wild. spectrum to change my my internet and cable <laughs> oh, package luck, for months now and I've just been delaying it like every day because I dread it's part it. of their strategy <laughs> I guarantee it yeah because <laughs> you call and then they're like are you sure you want to do that like oh, I can do man. it they try and talk you out of it well yeah, you just have to call an and hour.
2: say that you got a lower rate and yeah. then they'll Lower your rate, and then you say, Okay,
0: well, oh, you got to threaten them. It's a mess,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> That's right up your alley, Jared. Yeah. I, could, I could see you just love to be threatening yeah. someone, I'm a super on the threatening other line. guy, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Really good at scaring people. Oh man, yeah, it's hilarious. I know.
1: All right, what are, we, what are we pulling into next here? Um, just jump right into listener questions. I think we might as That's, well, yeah. I think we might as well. We got might some good well. ones. Um, man, this, this one, we'll read it and then I'll make my comment. All, All right.
0: right. I was enjoying one of your podcasts when you discussed whether things should match Fox and Tram, etc. You mentioned tire brands should match, which brings up a really important question for me: Should I leave my girlfriend? <laughs> 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 she is the nicest woman I know, funny, good company, and generous. But she has a tan wall Max's Uh-oh. THF and a black Schwabe knobby Nick in the rear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Poor guy, man. That's know? grounds for leaving, honestly. <laughs>
1: Well, hold on. Thf and Did it, didn't Nick. you recommend mismatching tires
2: on the episode you were on? <laughs> maybe, but <laughs> I also think that if you have a if you have a tan wall tire and a black tire, that's a big no no. It's even yeah. worse than having that's, two
0: that's different no. brands. That that's super bad. Right. Matching yeah, black. That's tough. It's
2: it's uh the, at least the tires look the same if they're both black and they have yeah. maybe different logos. But, uh, tan wall and black
0: tire. I know No, you could at least like, you have different brands. You could at least get away with like, you know, some people maybe being like, you know, they have to look a little closer to realize, but tan wall and a Mm -hmm. black one, I mean,
1: well, I will say that when we talked about some mixed matching stuff, especially tires, Mm -hmm. I think it triggered some people. Some people were offended (laughs) (laughs) and a
0: lot of people have brought it up to me. Well, we're snobs. Yeah, you exactly. Gotta take that I, into I think you, you
1: do have to take that in consideration. Once, once you're really far down the path, you become a little bit more snobby. You be, you ca- you start caring about weird little aesthetic things that really probably don't matter. Yeah. Like mix
0: matching tires. I'm like having a matchmaker on one side of your cockpit, but not the other.
1: Uh, like, yeah, oh, no, I would, oh, I would never do that. <laughs> you will know, square out of my skin yeah. just thinking that's, about that. It's <laughs> completely fine, but it's also not, you know. No. As, yeah. No, so. it's actually not. Okay.
2: Yeah, all yeah style, <laughs> style goes a long way sometimes i mean yeah. you
0: gotta look good to feel good and then you ride and good and then you ride good 100 mm-hmm. um, that's the but, truth you know man i'm sorry about your relationship i wish it could have gone better uh <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding i hope you guys are doing great maybe but,
2: maybe he should be a good boyfriend and buy her matching tan wall tires that's what i was gonna say that would
0: be the best idea like Ooh, you need a you yeah need a, get her a, a gift. gift idea yep Get her a set of matching tires.
1: She probably, She's probably an avid listener in another podcast saying, I'm considering leaving my boyfriend because he won't buy me new tires for my <laughs> mountain bike.
0: <laughs> He's noticed I have this issue but hasn't done a thing about it. Uh, yeah, so maybe she's testing you and seeing what you're going to do about it. I also
1: empathize with the fact that tires are kind of outrageously expensive like they're more expensive than car tires they are um it's wild how expensive mount bike tires are so
0: which also doesn't make any sense
1: so if you're in the case where you know you had one tire and you're switching tires but one wasn't worn out so you put a different brand on you're gonna wear that one out and then swap to the other brand it's okay don't worry yeah no no one's judging you and it's it's the dr seuss quote those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind.
0: I like that.
2: I like, that. like that. Everyone should live their life like that. Mm-hmm. World, like be, that World will be a better place. And we might mind,
1: but we don't matter yeah. in the case of judging your tires. Cause we don't, <laughs> we don't actually mind is the thing. Yeah. We just would prefer our own bikes to not have mixed match tires. Agreed. So,
0: and you know, you can get in a pickle like that pretty quickly. Like, you know, if you have one tire that you really like and you know, it gets worn out and you want to replace it, but you maybe you want to get a different tire,
2: but and sometimes, you have
0: one perfectly good tire. Mm-hmm. What are you just going to, let it sit or yeah yep. sometimes
2: you have a tire laying around in the garage and i mean might as well put it on and use it it's yep. going to get worn down anyway and then maybe start with a fresh set of tires when you're done with that tire
0: yep. man of reason that's, and logic. that's
2: what i do personally <laughs> um but if i'm building up a new bike there's no way i would mismatch no yeah no, not, not no expenses
1: spared no yeah, in that case no expense spared all right next question trevor you want to read this one
2: yeah sure I have a SB 165 and love it. I am drawn towards the Yeti e-bike, the 160E, but actually considering a smaller travel Crestline RS 5075, um, as it will be better suited for local trails. If I go with a smaller travel e-bike, I would convert my Yeti SB 165 to a full-fledged downhill bike. So also wondering your thoughts and recommendations for this process. Thanks in advance.
0: It's a pretty good mm. dilemma this guy's got. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it sounds like a sweet setup having a somewhat shorter travel e bike and then a full fledged SB165 turned into a downhill bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I mean, yeah. I would like both of those. Did you do garage. something
0: very similar I, to that? I did do something very similar. Yeah, you similar had an SB165. That.
1: That's a Yeti, by the way. I did. 27.5 really... inch wheeled, yep. 165 mil travel bike. Yep. But some people, did you mullet yours when you did that? Or did um, you have a 275 inch Okay, five So on
0: the I, front? I, at one point, I did have a single crown. Um, fork with a 29 inch front wheel. Yep, and that so was a was loaded. and then with like a full Eagle drivetrain but then I swapped it all out when I got the dual crown fork I put the DH drivetrain on there and then mm-hmm. just used so you it had a fully
2: fledged downhill bike yeah. fully
0: fledged downhill bike how yeah. many times did you ride it oh gosh a handful yeah <laughs> that's the problem it was amazing but yeah fully you fledged know, downhill bike. maybe if I live a little bit closer to a bike park or yeah something. I would say
2: if you live close to a bike park having the 165 with the downhill setup like you have like yeah. this guy this, this guy is yeah, saying that's an awesome would be bike park bike. amazing because you can carry speed every where yeah. um that just seems like a really fun bike to have yeah as far as the e-bike question i think that having a higher travel e-bike is kind of nice um yeah. although um because you're you don't really have to worry about pedaling up hills or having it be hard to pedal up hills because it's For very sure. easy to do that yeah and it's nice to have a lot of travel in the downhill if you're i would say if i would say go towards a smaller travel e-bike if your tr- local trails um like recommend that. Like yeah. if you what
1: you ride most often and intend to ride with that bike or just yeah. not that knowledge. If it's nothing trails. if
2: it's nothing crazy, then go with a short travel e-bike. But even then I think still having a larger travel e-bike is really fun to have even on small trails because you're just ripping the whole time and it's just fun to have a lot of suspension underneath you. And it
3: it
1: is. you know what time. he could do? He could sell the 165, oh. get the Yeti 160E, and then buy a Yeti SB one twenty. Oh, so we'd have his light travel trail bike and his longer travel e bike. Yeah, both yetis looking fancy in the garage,
0: you know. But I see the application for the full fledged downhill bike for park days, oh, like yeah. where you might necessarily it, want to yeah, there's ride nothing, an nothing e at, at bike. That would be an awesome park. bike at the bike park, and then you could just ride your e bike for everything else, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think this is, you know, if I catch the, what this guy's putting down, that's what he's kind of going for, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of to your point, Trevor. Like I rode the Crestline RS 7550 mm-hmm. just around here. Does so our yep. local trails, which by no means is the anything longer crazy. travel one. I rode the longer travel one on our local trails, which were are pretty mellow, but I had an absolute riot, it's like fun. the best time yeah. ever. And it yeah. was just the way the suspension curve and like how, uh, progressive and like kind of poppy the bike felt. I was like, I wouldn't even go for anything less. Yep. Um, because you, you still have way that extra more travel, travel than you needed way more because it was powerful and yep.
1: well-tuned and fun, without the, without the negatives
2: awesome. of having a full long yeah. travel, normal bike, you would never want to pedal around a big one, one seventy one eighty bike around where you live, no like a little local XC trails. Yeah. But with the e-bike underneath you, it's a blast.
0: Totally. And I still use all the travel. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, jumping off of side hits and you can just push harder everything.
2: and you get away with murder a
0: little bit. You totally do. Mm-hmm. And that was so much fun. Just hooting and hollering that, that thing is an <laughs> absolute blast and i was like this is stupid how fun this bike is the crest lines are so good (laughs) yeah Um, the the other day uh sorry go ahead what were you saying oh i was just gonna say like in as far as the 165 goes the only thing i did was get a fox 40 and then i got the crown race that is for a it's an adapter adapter, right because it's a tapered head tube but you need that uh 1.5 inch crown race for the straight steer is that right or whatever Mm -hmm. you need the crown race and and that's like in five or whatever only thing i really did differently aside from putting a downhill drivetrain on it Um, yeah that was a cool bike that was a sick bike there's been some rad sp165
1: downhill bike builds that i've seen yeah yeah nate hills had one didn't he he did That was kind of inspired boxer yeah Yeah, that looked really cool yeah what were you gonna say something about um i was just saying it was when just talking about e-bikes and in this conversation and this guy's thing and what you guys are doing with e-bikes, it reminded me so many people that uh, that I know that are in business but aren't in the bike business. Or oh, you guys selling a ton of e-bikes these days? What's happening with e-bikes? Because everyone who's not in the bike industry is kind of interested in what's happening with e-bikes. Yeah. And uh, and it's it's funny because. Over the years, as e-bikes have gotten better and better, our audience, enthousi- like really true enthusiast, passionate mountain bikers, are not just converting to ride e-bikes at all, which I think a lot of people make that assumption. Yeah. Um, they just have yet another bike in the garage that's <laughs> yeah, an e-bike. Pretty much, right? It's like, that's what this guy's going to do. That's what you guys do. Yeah. I mean, I I don't honestly know anyone that's just kind of full-fledged e-bike only that just fully converted. Like they just have one for this and then they have a regular bike for that and they yeah. always have usually three or more bikes at a time. So that's what the true enthusiasts are doing. They didn't just convert. They just had an extra bike that's an e-bike. Yeah, pretty much. That's fun for that use case.
2: I'm I'm guilty of that. Like, I really enjoy riding normal bikes and kind of the – Everything that goes along with that, the suffering, the fun, all mm-hmm. of it. But I also really enjoy just the pure fun aspect of riding an e bike. And also, like, let's say you go, you're in the gym a lot and you like to lift weights too. Sometimes, if you go to the gym, you can't really ride a bike the next day because you're too sore, your legs are too sore, you can't really push at all. But if you have an e bike, you can ride the same amount or not if not more. Yeah. Um and push on the downhills have fun. Get your legs blood flowing. Um it's just totally. a really good process if you take that into consideration. Yeah. It's true. It's yeah. fun.
1: Yeah. I love riding that just lightweight forestall e-bike because I can do twice the amount of miles in the same amount of time and if i'm working all day and i have one hour of daylight i can really cover some distance on mm-hmm. an e-bike and yeah. it's super fun
2: and with the with the lighter weight forestall and, and even the the shorter travel one it's a lot more fun too because it's so light you yeah. can really ride it like a normal bike but have that little bit of assist and really just go fast everywhere yeah it's just a totally lot of
1: fun. yeah those things rip well true that Read this next question. You,
0: <laughs> is this a real question? Do you make that up? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you wear cowboy clothes, are you really just ranch dressing? <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You are. You are ranch dressing, and yep. you're dressing for a ranch.
0: Howdy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's insane! <laughs> You're right. <I laughs> love dress that. like a
0: cowboy, really just ranch
1: dressing. That sounds that sounds like the words from a country song.
0: If you just a, dress like a cowboy, no, you really, you really just ranch dressing. Yeah, we yep. could we could Doesn't write it? a song. drink a beer, beer. <laughs> drink a beer, ranch dressing. I like oh, man. that. That's so funny. <laughs> On right. to the next question. Oh. Nice, that's good. Hey guys, just listening to your latest podcast and you discussed the importance of checking your tire pressure before every ride. My latest bike came with the Tire whiz and it is amazing. I'm able to check my tire pressure accurately without even getting out the tire gauge. It is awesome. This one wasn't so much of a question as just a statement saying how awesome the TireWiz is.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of people probably don't know that that product exists. That's true. It's a cork product. And uh, yeah, it's basically a little battery and sensor that sits on your valve stem and tells
0: you what your tire pressure is via an app on your phone. Right. And it has a little flashing light on it. And it flashes green if it's within the selected range that you set. Or uh, it's red if it's not. Yeah. That is that is pretty cool. It just shows
2: to me the importance of tire pressure. <laughs> it's yeah. super important. So many people overlook it, and the fact that there's a product for that specifically is is super important. Even like let's say you go, you're you're out on your bike and you're gonna go climb a hill, way at a high elevation. Your tire pressure is gonna change pretty dramatically. Let's say you start in the morning; it's cold. You get to the top of a mountain; it's higher elevation and it's hotter. Your tire pressure is gonna gonna um, go up like f- at least five psi if it's if it's yeah even maybe even more if it's a dramatic case if it's really hot yeah um, and that'll completely change your ride experience your tires not gonna work the way it was. your suspension is not gonna work the way it's intended to um, so if you have your tire pressure within that range of like 28 to 24 23 psi um, it's gonna make your whole experience way better and something it's very, valid point something very yeah. simple that not I don't think a lot of people check but I think it's no. one of the most important things to do for your pre ride checklist.
0: Totally. Well
1: yeah. funny enough, um, they're they're a little pricey, those tire whiz things. Are they? But uh, well I mean Compared to just using your pump to check your pressure or or a gauge. Yeah, that's (laughs) what I mean. Or a gauge. Yeah, Yeah, they're definitely more expensive than a gauge or your existing pump if your existing pump has an accurate gauge on it. But I I thought what was funny was we put uh, the cork shock whiz, which is a totally different product than the cork tire whiz. yeah, in
3: products
1: video. Yeah, and and that's the cork shock whiz has been uh, one of the top selling products, you know, fluctuates here and there for three years, four years. Yeah. It's, that's an awesome little product to help you learn how to tune your suspension and dial everything in. And I think it's super educational for people. And we talked about that in a trending products video because it was trending the other month. And somebody commented and said, yeah, I got one of those tire whiz things on my bike and it's pretty useless. <laughs> and said, and, not and I replied, and I said, well, we weren't talking about the tire whiz. We were talking about the shock whiz, but I got you, man. I mean, maybe he just doesn't. Similar Maybe names. he never downloaded the app. Completely different yeah. purpose. <laughs> I just yeah. thought it was so funny because the tire was came with his bike and he's like, seems pretty useless. I mean, if my bike came with so, it, I'm not going to complain. Everyone's
0: like, got their different cool. opinion. Like those Zip 30 Moto wheels, they come with them. Yeah, they thing, come with them then? on there. Yep. Like that's pretty yeah. fancy. It's a pretty nice is, little thing to have. That yeah. is a nice thing to have.
1: Yeah. And I, and I have a feeling that's the type of product that's complicated enough that if it just came on the bike you got, you may have not taken... I'm not making any assumptions here, but you may have not taken the time to learn what the lights mean, what color they are uh, when they're blinking and download the app. And... It's possible. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> those
2: come stock on very nice, expensive zip wheels. So yeah. Uh, yeah. hopefully the customer who's buying that would be educated enough to <laughs> to know like what they're getting into, you know. It's a it's a pretty yeah. advanced wheel. Yeah. Um so hopefully they know about that. It's true. Yeah.
1: It's a cool product if you're you know, want to pay attention to your tire pressure, which yeah. you I mean, the tire the is nice.
2: I'm pretty particular about tire pressure. And if I'm doing a long ride and, and yeah, especially here in California, it gets pretty hot in the middle of the day compared to the morning. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, you feel your tires and they're rock hard, but I don't carry a tire gauge with me. I just set the tire pressure before I ride. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the day, I just take a couple PSI out just based off of feel. Yeah. And I can't be super accurate with that as much as I ride. It's still not accurate and be nice to really dial in with that.
1: Yep. Hopefully the tire was 2.0, uh, does it itself. Whoa. You're like, always keep it at this pressure. That would be, that would be cool. Inflated and deflated accordingly.
2: Sounds like some F1 technology. <laughs> it does. That's sick.
1: They, ha- they have made those little air compressor pumps in a really compact form. Like the ones you can, I have this little thing called the Giga Pump that mm-hmm. I backed on Kickstarter hundred years ago. And it's tiny and it'll blow up an entire air mattress. And, it, and it's literally small really so, yeah and it's, it has a little flashlight on one end too and it's pretty cool so those pumps are getting really Damn. small
2: last time i so. pumped up an air mattress i spent probably 10 minutes
1: <laughs> yeah dude this thing does it and it doubles as a flashlight that hangs inside of your tent and it's you know it's tiny that's cool it's that's cool not even a quarter pound yeah the future it's sweet um, you
0: know they also have like i'm pretty sure there's a wheel uh you know, some startup also that like has oh, a, it was that compressor like integrated into mm-hmm. the hub or something, and then you could pump it up and yep. deflate it like based on your desired preferences. Yeah, they have. Oh, well, actually, I
2: saw there was there was uh, in the in the Tour de France this year, mm-hmm. the Jumbo Visma team was running something like that with their wheels, something attached to their fork that was adjusting their tire pressure. That's crazy mid ride, and they won all three Grand Tours this year. So wow, something's working out.
0: Dang. Is that the wow. or is it the automatically adjusting tire pressure? <laughs> I feel like adjusting a tire pressure on a road bike. That's not, know, yeah,
2: just, it's not like mountain biking. I mean, it's a little different. It might
0: not be as big of a deal, but yeah. what Oof, do I'm I right. know? I'm not yeah. on the Tour yeah. de France. Luckily,
1: there's probably not any hardcore roadies listening to this that right. are ready to fight you right now. Are <laughs> you
0: kidding me? Of course it matters. <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> this actually is a, is a good question,
0: by the way. It is. What, what was, was your, your first... You read it. <laughs> You're so excited.
2: <laughs> what was your first ever screen name?
0: This is a good one. You're excited. What was yours?
2: Oh man, mine is mine's random. It doesn't really mean anything. It was like something I had on Xbox but I back in high school when I played Xbox Live, and it was just Obe. It was just O B E H, and that's my, it. My pink bike name. It's nothing special. That was available. There was no number on there. No,
0: it wasn't like <laughs> Ob nine a, seven kind five. Kind of a weird way to say it. Like Obey me. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really mean anything, but
1: Ob. Oh, what about you guys? <laughs> mine
0: mine was a uh, Moto XXX340. Oh, <laughs> sick. <laughs> nice. Dang. Mine, <laughs> uh, my sister helped me make it back in the day when, it, yeah. you know, AIM, what is her? Yeah, AIM. A-I-M. A-I-M. Yeah. AOL Instant Messenger. Fox Racer 2214. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You guys are pretty similar. It's pretty sick, huh?
2: I don't even remember yeah. what my AIM name was, but I remember using that in middle school, though, and like, yeah. it's a good way to talk to girls. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah both grew up riding motocross so i think everyone who rode motocross that was a you know 10 year old kid yeah. always like their screen name for yeah. sure was yeah. moto your something your name is great or, <laughs> or moto
0: triple x 340 at <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: moto triple x for a while they had a supercross team and they had all those oh, good yeah. videos and that's, like that was a it was a thing it's pretty sick yeah it was like a whole legitimate thing like but, point x yeah like point x yeah yeah the old the old uh extreme sports camp oh uh. That was a cool camp. That was a cool camp. Yeah. Didn't make it. Went out of business. No. Probably expensive liability insurance, having a bunch of under 18-year-old kids doing extreme sports on your property every (laughs) day. Woodward's still around? Woodward is around, yeah. That's true. That
2: place is pretty cool. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Gosh, that was so cool. We should try and get them to sponsor a podcast episode, seeing as most of our sponsors. Who, Point X?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not Woodward. Oh, Woodward.
3: Woodward.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sure Point X would be down. Speaking of ads, let's rip one. Oh legit sponsor
0: and now a word from our sponsors are you sick and fed up with super artificial gross tasting goos and gummies and gross things that you eat while you're out on your ride introducing all these organic goos we have a whole suite of really really awesome organic delicious natural supplements from our awesome flavors like (laughs) gravy goo chicken flavor beef flavor and for all you vegans out there mushroom flavor uh well if you are not interested in vegan mushroom goos
1: i would genuinely appreciate if you could check out trail one components trail one is a brand we co-founded and one i personally worked on crafting the founding team which is allowing myself and our crew here to design the exact mountain bike components we have always wanted and doing so with a ridiculously overqualified engineer the idea was to create premium level mountain bike components that truly support the sport of mountain biking by giving back to trail networks with every purchase. We have a growing line of products which can be seen on the Worldwide Cyclery website as well as at trail1.bike. Speaking of which, if you use the code MTBpodcast25 on the Trail1 website, you can snag 25% off your first order. That's trail1.bike and the code is MTBpodcast25. And one more quick thing before I go. We are currently hiring for several positions at our expanding shop and warehouse located just north of Reno, Nevada. If you or anyone you know might be interested, please let them know and please feel free to reach out. We would love to have new cool people join our team. Thank you. And back to the show.
0: And now back to the show.
2: Remember like in Toy Story? They had like, I think it was Toy Story. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Uh such a good movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Toy Story was great. Such a good movie.
1: (laughs) Well, back to the listener questions. Back to the listener questions. <laughs> probably started at that Toy Story. Yeah, now Call I just want to dog. go
0: watch Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good movie. we will continue with listener questions in the meantime. <laughs> 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 I just got my, se- my second mountain bike ever, and I have noticed my lower back hurts pedaling uphill on my new bike versus no back pain at first. What do you recommend upgrading in terms of handlebar height, lifted handlebars, seat, etc., to try and help with lower back pain? Thanks, guys. All right, well... Uh, are you looking at me because I have back pain? Uh, I, I you have you know
2: back pain. Yeah, no. Trevor has back
1: pain too. I no. have back pain. Come on.
2: Well. <laughs> I, ride, right. I ride often and experience back pain. And I don't know exactly why. I think it could be my own body, not really my bike setup. I think it's just I overuse my muscles sometimes. Yeah. But for this um, listener, um, I would say before you – Especially on a mountain bike, before you try to upgrade your handlebar height, um, handlebars, stem, all that stuff, um, try playing around with your seat position. Could be too high. Could be that your your pelvis is kind of rocking on your saddle, and it's kind of making your low back work extra hard. Um, it's interesting that your Low back hurts on one bike and not the other, so Mm -hmm. I would maybe recommend measuring out your saddle height on each bike and replicating that first, then going for a couple rides and seeing how that does. Um, Yoga doesn't help or doesn't hurt.
0: Yeah, stretching doesn't hurt. I was gonna say like my lower back pain typically uh, sources from a lack of hip flexor stretching, Mm -hmm. and and it's just all accumulates in my hips and then pulls on my back and, and it and it just sucks. Yeah. And then I have to go stretch for like 20, 30 minutes to just, I like think a lot start. of
1: people that ride bikes are also by day desk jockeys.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Um, <laughs> us included. Yeah. <laughs> use a computer a lot during the day and yeah. sit down and then get on a bike. But this, when I saw this question, it reminded me oh, over the years, I've seen a lot of people that Um, if they don't have back pain on one bike and they hop on another bike and they have back pain, it's usually because the whole front end is just lower and or longer. Mm -hmm. Like if you ride mountain bikes all the time and you hop on a road bike and go ride 20 miles, your back's going to be roached. You're just not used to being in that elongated and leaned over position. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people to accommodate for that, just, you know, put more spaces under their stem or get higher rise bars. Um, So that could be the situation. Like when you go from one bike to the next, I think that's a pretty important thing to pay attention to that YouTube video we made high rise mountain bike bars and why they're getting so popular in that video, uh, we really broke down and actually showed a lot of side by side video and imagery of what it looks like on the body to be, uh, basically on the same bike with flat handlebars, 20 mil handlebars, 35 mil rise handlebars, and it does, it alleviates a lot of pressure the more upright you get. Just like a a, imagine a beach cruiser versus a road bike. Those yeah. are the two polar ends of the spectrum. Yep. And so if if this guy is having back pain on one bike and not the last one, it could just be as simple as one bike is, you know, a, was more high up and his new bike is more lower and longer and stretched out. But I agree that the... Most cost-effective way to go about that initially is see if you can just move some spacers around to rise it up and mess around with your saddle. So Mm -hmm. that's because you can lean your saddle forward or scoot the saddle forward. Yeah, that's the most cost-effective way to do it. And moving some spacers beyond that, yeah, you might want to try some high-rise handlebars or a shorter stem or both. Um, But speaking of your
2: saddle, like. um, Mm Make sure that your saddle is either level or maybe even a, a negative rise for when you're climbing. If it's a positive rise, you're gonna your body's gonna be fighting your your whole body to not be falling off the back of the saddle. And you're just gonna just put extra strain on your core and your lower back. Um so just make sure all yeah. the, the the measuring specs are the same on each bike and then go from there, I would say.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm also guessing just because you mentioned it's his second mountain bike ever. Um, he's probably not measuring all of this stuff on the first bike versus the second bike, but that, that does become something as you, as you ride more and more bikes, it is pretty useful to measure, you know, the height of the handlebar to the ground, the height of the saddle to the ground, the height, like just start measuring your bikes, um. And then you kind of get to know what bike is going to do what when you get on it, and how you're going to feel. So that's just one of those things you you end up learning and become it becomes more intuitive the more bikes you ride and the longer you ride. But a lot of people deal with back pain, even that are experienced riders, and it is a tough and challenging thing. Um, yeah. yeah,
2: it's Smart. tough. I would say for people that do ride a lot, if it's not your second mountain bike, if it's uh, if you've been riding for a while. I would say just kind of focus on strengthening your posterior chain. So your, your back and your glutes and your hamstrings, try and just get those strong and, uh, and mobile your hips mobile. And that's kind of your best bet yeah. to being, to feeling good on the bike.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, regular stretching mm. is like, you can't do enough of it. I mean, yeah. I, that's true. I think a lot of it also
1: just boils back down to seat time too, just getting your body to adapt yeah, to it. Yeah. I mean, the same way if you always rode mountain bikes and then you started riding road and you're just like, your neck is masked oh, and your yeah. back is masked. To it's me, always the neck that goes away after a while. You yeah. just have to basically force your body into that whole situation. This, this past weekend, I did a it.
2: 50 mile, like 6,000 foot road bike ride. It was the first road bike ride I'd done in a couple of weeks. And, um, I'm coming from riding mountain bikes regularly. And, um, yeah, my, my whole, Upper back was tight mm-hmm. and my lower back was hurting, and my legs are shot. And it's something that you have to just do consistently. And the more consistent you do it, the more your body adapts and the, the more comfortable you'll be. But yeah. don't expect to be comfortable on the first ride. Yeah.
0: Push through the suffering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, <laughs> riding road reason. bikes is just is such not a good
1: Position for the human body, regardless. It's really yeah. not like, good for your body. You can try and adapt to it, and you know, build muscle and stretch here and there. But like, just look at the position of a road cycle. I it's Like, that's not the way the human body was, was meant to be. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not, not. It's not natural. In it's the so bad. Yeah. yeah, it's so bad. That's yeah. the worst.
0: Like, oh yeah. my gosh, the neck—it's the first thing to go for me every time because you're just like hunched over. You know, yeah. This. And yeah. It's like, yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's is. not natural. Something I would recommend mm-hmm. also is
2: just. um that a buddy who's a very good cyclist taught me is just relax. Try to just relax on the bike. Mm -hmm. Kind of like you're in a bad position anyway. So you kind of feel like you're tensed up or whatever. And, um, just try to relax your, relax your core, relax your arms, just try to relax, try to breathe. And that's going to really help, um, your comfort on the bike long-term. Nice.
1: That's good and time. just help your endurance too. Mm-hmm. Like just, that's, that's a big difference in cycling and mountain biking and, and running too. If mm-hmm. you can just like kind of relax and use only the muscles you need to use and not be tense everywhere else. I mean, Way less burn effort. a lot less calories and yeah. less effort for sure. Yeah,
0: for sure. Definitely. Nice. Next question. I'm curious about the pitfalls of swapping components back and forth between bikes. Specifically, I have a giant Trans X-29 that appears to be able to move components to a new bike of the future, Transition Smuggler, with the exception of Seatpost. Can I, with relative ease, move components back and forth between bikes without much hassle? Mechanically proficient enough to get myself into trouble, that isn't much of a concern. Um, Basically, the hope is that each bike will have a specific rear shock, chain, crankset, derailleur, shifter, and dropper post, but the rest will transfer over as needed. Handlebars, fork, stem, brakes, wheels, tires, rotors, cassette. Help. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite the predicament. Yeah, it's tough. I actually was in a similar predicament when I got that SP 100 and I wanted to switch stuff back and forth all the time. And I eventually just bought all the stuff to have to stop doing that. It's called capitulation. Just capitulation. buy two bikes. and <laughs> <laughs> <buy two bikes.
2: laughs> plus one. Yeah.
0: So for me, um i i could see like swapping rotor or you know your two wheel sets back and forth right like that's a pretty big expense like i would on i would buy the cheap stuff personally like you know stem and and you know handlebar and stuff but like um i don't know because having to just like line up the you know line up the handlebars every time make sure it's straight and like those little things like put the brakes on bleed them every time
2: so yeah, a lot that's, of work that's tough. I would say the, the best thing to change between bikes, if you have one thing to change, it'd be the wheel set, yeah. Because if you have the same components, you can just swap wheels from one bike to the other, same rotors and cassette and everything. Mm-hmm. But more than that, just takes a lot of time and effort and work. Um, like he's saying, the brakes to change the brakes and keep the in- internally routed housing the same that's just a pain, and you got to bleed the brakes every time. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. He, he was asking if if uh if you need to bleed it every time, the answer is yes. You, do. Yeah. you need to bleed it every time. There's going to get air in the system every time you disconnect the hose. Yeah, um, pretty much you need to do
0: the whole system too, right? Yeah. If you're just as, if you're taking the caliper, if is that really what he's saying? Right? Really careful.
1: Taking, you could maybe just do a lever bleed. Yeah, you can do a lever yeah. bleed and get away if if you're with really it. Really careful. If you're but careful. if you're pulling the hose all the way out of the frame, that's, that's tough. Then the hose has to yeah. stay like this. It's yeah, yeah I think it's he was really saying, tough.
0: Keep the hose in there, but swap. What did he say here? Um... Keep the internally routed hose to each yeah. bike,
2: but move each lever and caliper. Me, each caliper lever and caliper. And lever. So if you have if you have if you just take the lever off, you're gonna keep the system somewhat under pressure. If you take both the lever and the caliper off, the hose is just flowing fluid yeah. through it, and yeah. you're gonna lose all that fluid if all you don't the fluid's keep them gonna up. Come out, right? That's just a, you're gonna have to do a full flush, full bleed, and you're probably gonna still have air in there. Yeah. So I would say no go on the brakes. For drivetrain, I would say have it if you have an access wireless drivetrain, that would be your best bet. So it's really easy to swap stuff. Same with yeah. the access dropper post, yeah. Um, if you have that, you can swap stuff easy just so you don't have to deal with internally routed cables or even ex- externally routed cables, it's still kind of a pain,
0: yeah. If you're
1: dropping all the money on wireless access drivetrains, what about just getting two two mechanical <laughs> yeah. GX drivetrains yeah. for that for even less? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: for I mean, sure.
0: I think that he is going to basically have two like a drivetrain on each bike from what it sounds like
2: yeah that's tough i would say in in short um two two different wheel sets or the same wheel set for one bike will will get you the farthest other than that it's going to be a lot of work and effort for not a great end result um so it's tough
1: yeah it depends on how much fun he has working on bikes (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or initially does. <laughs> yeah. The first couple of times I swapped all this stuff, I really had a good time. Uh, and then, you know, time to go ride the smoke. And then my wife divorced me because I was in the garage for <laughs> 14 hours yeah. every Thursday. Cause, my- Cause like
2: <laughs> I've done, I've done bike swaps to change over a specific bike to a, like a very specific setup that I want to for like a race, let's say. Yeah. And it takes hours. Yeah. Like it takes, I would say to get it right, to swap stuff over like six hours or so, or even it more. It takes a lot of time. to um, do It, it right. takes a lot, of, especially the brakes. Um, it, internally routed cables. It takes a long time and yeah. a lot of effort. And that's with proper
1: tools that are always there, mm-hmm. and a bike stand, and yeah. like a whole. whole shop and I'm setup. and I'm
2: like I already do it for my job, so it's, I'm 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 already very efficient and proficient at doing it. So, um, yeah, that's tough. I would I would say maybe just two cheaper bikes, maybe the, is a better option.
0: Yeah, just like. Or slowly build up the components that you're missing on the one bike, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe you ride the smuggler and you realize this is so much more fun than the trance. I don't even want to ride the trance anymore. And then that solves your problem right there naturally. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, Maybe
2: it's time to move on from the trance X and just get a do it all bike.
0: Yeah. Fully commit. Do it all bike. Change it.
2: Change around. Tire setup. And that's all you have to change around. Yeah. And you can have a bike that will climb and also descend.
0: There you go. That's the solution. This guy should get the bike that does it all and have two different wheel sets. Mm-hmm. Instead well, of two different bikes and swapping mid, everything Mid travel
2: mid travel trail bike. Yeah. That's that's a ticket. Exactly. That's it's B- like a lightweight those are
0: fun. Lightweight wheel set for the XC stuff, burly stuff, burly wheel set for the Enduro stuff. Yep. yep. There you go. And then,
1: if you really wanted to, you could spend a thousand bucks on a hard, like
0: an older hardtail. Yeah.
1: And then just have that for your fun bike. That's true. Let your friends and, ride that, and, and
0: that would be as much as your extra wheel set, probably.
1: Or as much as your time swapping <laughs> the
0: parts over. Time, time is money.
2: Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Time is money. Don't forget. And then you can upgrade that hardtail. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Ever soon you enough you'll it. have
1: 19 bikes yeah. <laughs> that's how it starts yeah. <laughs> that's how exactly how it starts <laughs> speaking of hardtails how's your hardtail going these days i love it yeah yeah so why cycles el Jefe, which is now the a LFA, revel which is now revel yeah a revel bikes el Jefe. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah i just and got it all dialed in a little maintenance on it installed the new drop post mm. that secret a secret Can't dropper post? It, yeah. You <laughs> a got a secret dropper, dropper post? post? Yeah, I got a secret dropper post. Wow. Well, that's yeah. pretty cool, dude. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 yeah I
1: kind of want a hardtail lately.
0: I've been telling you for, I don't even know how long, ever since I got that bike and you yeah. rode it and then we went yeah, for that yeah. ride and then you crashed yeah. right into the tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when you're trying to do that crazy fakie on the oh, tree. Yeah,
1: that was not a normal mountain bike crash. No. It was like a, a tree like this and I was riding up the tree to go backwards and then... Like fakey. a trials move? Like a fakie. Like a BMX Like move, a BMX really. thing, yeah. yeah. It was old BMX stuff. Just ride cool. up the tree, ro- roll down backwards and then little pivot little and a little fakie roll out. Yeah. yeah. And, and the tree was like, you know, went up and then... And eventually it curved more vertically and i went going i did it a couple times and i went too far up the tree and i front wheel hit the vertical more vertical part of the tree and it just basically gave me a backflip did you find your back yeah dude oh, so bad right on his back knocked the wind out of you myself got the wind knocked out of you? oh yeah oh, so that's bad the worst. just flat on my back and yeah i couldn't breathe and then uh you know still survived <laughs> <laughs> i forgot that happened on that <laughs> road was hilarious ever
0: since then i've been telling you you should get an Jefe. it literally yeah, says Jefe on it. it yeah, would Jared be cool rides th-
2: your you ride your hardtail all the time. You come in the yeah. shop, ride from the house mm-hmm. to go do a little local loop.
0: It's a perfect bike for this yeah. area. Yeah, it's yeah, so it really fun. Is. Titanium, it'll be perfect forever. You can you can you know uh, lean it up against something on the beach and have it fall over and it won't crack. That's true. Like, that
1: is exactly what happened with my my uh, quote unquote gravel bike that had yeah. flat bars. That was basically a rigid mountain bike. Yeah, then you but could go do that, stuff that on that frame yeah. broke or cracked from that rock on the top tube, and I wrote it for almost
0: two years. You did. You don't did. recommend anyone. Do don't I you don't did recommend did. anyone doing that. <laughs> that Legal me. disclaimer. Do not ever do that. <laughs> you could probably um,
2: scratch your bike and it would look better. It would.
0: <laughs> you can scotch bright it and it'll take all exactly. the scratches off. And yeah. Stuff. That would amazing.
1: be fun. I've just been eyeing a, a cool hardtail. It just seems like a fun bike to have and, and just do so a lot. So fun. It.
2: Hardtails yeah. seem fun. If you have it set up, like you have it with kind of big fat tires. Yeah. And, uh, you low, have 2.6 on there.
0: 2.6 recons.
2: 2.6 recons. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Although I've been wanting to kind of make it a little bit more puts some like two fours and like a you know xc two four xc yeah two four <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. no just like a faster forget what tire. xc means yeah no yeah. i want to put like a forecaster and recon like your tire set up on your range oh yeah. yeah yeah and then like, there's new forecasters i'm in love with that tire i was
1: I telling you that the other day i that still that haven't tried forecaster. it he's so on it now too yep i've got i've yeah. got an
2: update i put um dual forecasters on my SP 140 wrote it this weekend, and I was very impressed. Um, uh, I've never really been someone to cool. run the same exact tire on both front and rear, although the front was a 3C compound and the rear was a dual compound. Not a huge difference, but it's still something, a little more grip in the front. Yeah. Um, but I was very impressed with that because the setup I had before was a little bit more slow rolling. Um, and now it's much more fast rolling, more efficient, and there's grip. Seems to be there, there's grip everywhere. Yeah, um, it's pretty not crazy. Like, not, it's, hard, it's hard to explain. Not like a, the most grip ever, which is not really what I'm looking for. Right. But it's consistent grip everywhere, which is it's fast. Um, yeah. It's fast it and it's just fun feels and
1: fast and predictable made, and reliable. It made my bike cool.
2: a lot more fun to ride, to be honest with you. like I would mm. feel like I was being slowed down a little bit. I had like an Asset guy in the front, or, like a max grip Asset guy and an Aggressor. And yeah. With the dual forecaster, it's kind of more what I was looking for for just normal single track riding. Speed, baby, speed. I, would,
0: yeah. I love some speed. Yeah. Versatility, speed. Speed. See, that's what I want. Yeah, it's guitar. I, feel, I like the two sixes, but like I feel like they don't really roll very quickly but that's not really
2: but you need that know. kind of 26 with low pressure kind yeah. of cush a little bit i do like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. kind of want... need that with the hardtail um, hardtails like both. yeah hardtails are
0: tough with rear tires yeah. it's like a whole different world i want i want like the the nice like supple low pressure high volume but i also want it to be fast so I mean, what do I do? Really ask him for a lot there. I but. want both. I want the best of both worlds. <laughs> you
2: try, yeah. You should probably try the forecaster on that. I want the, yeah. Forecaster. They front, make a two six forecaster. Recon rear. No, they do a I two six know.
0: dissector I though, know. which I thought could huh. be good. Good front tire. Good two six dissector. Maybe recon. Keep the, the rear. recon in the rear. Yeah. Yeah. Two six or two four recon in the rear. I don't know. I don't know. Just That's
2: try the beauty is you can play around with it. That's yeah. true. You can experiment.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you want setup. the, do you want the, uh, forecaster off the front of my Ranger?
0: Are you gonna get get a new one? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'll take it. Oh, I'm in for a fresh tire.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Jeff's always in. I think I have 100 miles on that. Perfect. (laughs) It's all mine. (laughs) Got about 10 rides or so on that thing. Perfect.
2: Got to go. Sounds like it's got my name on it. This guy uses a tire for three rides and just (laughs) will be like, "I'll take it."
1: (laughs) (laughs) There was a, you know, what's funny is his. So this is how I went, went down that rabbit hole. Is when I was racing a ton and. Um, as a junior, I was sponsored by Maxis and I, they were just piling me all these tires. I was like, this is amazing. I always had fresh tires, which you totally need racing. So I really got used to just always having fresh tires and just loved it. And then, um, then, you know, worked at a shop and I was like, oh, no problem. I'm just going to keep buying tires after I stopped racing. And then I started worldwide and then, you know, pretty much didn't have any discretionary income for, Several, several years. And so then just kind of rode bad tires. And then finally I was like, oh, now I can just get fresh tires more often now. So that's what I do now.
2: <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure. what happens when you own worldwide It's a guilty pleasure always fresh having tires. fresh tires. It's
0: like your soul... Yeah, uh, motivation to build worldwide to where it is today was just so you could have fresh tires. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much, right? <laughs> pretty much. It it's ex- a good
2: time, man. Fresh tires, nothing like fresh oh, rubber. Yeah. Nothing like a fresh on your car, truck. on your nothing bike, like whatever. It, yeah. it's motorcycle, good. it's just the best thing ever. Seriously, it
1: really is, dude. It really is.
0: All right, last question. Last question. Rip it. Should weight be a concern at all when it comes to a park bike? I feel like too light, and you might b- you might bounce around a little bit more. But be able to move faster. Too heavy and you'll be a bit slower with changing direction and such. But a little more planted. Um, You know? I don't think it really matters. I bet Trevor's thought about this a lot.
3: Yeah,
2: I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Because <laughs> I, I took my 140 to the bike park and I, yeah, had the, like I said in the last podcast, I had the bird wheels and I really did not want to run the bird wheels at the bike park. Those are great wheels, but they're not really meant for that. It's yeah. too light. It's too light. Yeah. They're the, like some of the lightest wheels in the market, mm-hmm. really. Um, I want something that's going to be really stiff, really predictable and kind of not really prone to braking. Um, So that means not really having carbon wheels. Yeah. Um, But for the overall bike, I think having a heavier bike gives you a little bit of an advantage at the bike park because you're purely focused on gravity orientation. Mm -hmm. So having a heavier bike with the best brakes you can possibly get, biggest rotors, best brake pads, all that stuff really- Good tires, good traction. Good tires, really plays the biggest difference. And that'll in turn give you a heavier bike because yeah. it's just the, it's what you need, the components you need for that. Um, I see a lot of people running like kind of XO casing maxis tires at the bike park, which is really what you do not want to be running. You want to be running at least a double down or a downhill casing. And you'd be surprised about how much more confidence it'll give you. Um, to, as far as something being too heavy, I think that's not too much of an issue. If you're maybe if you're strong, you can kind of move the bike around a little bit and having it, heavy bike like i've ridden e-bikes at a bike park and it's a blast yeah um your bike kind of stays put on the ground you're not getting deflected off of stuff you're really just focused on where am i going to be braking right and if you have good brakes it's not an issue so i would say too light is an issue too heavy not as much of an issue i mean downhill bikes back in the day used to weigh a metric ton yeah um, totally <laughs> so yeah. e-bikes nowadays are weighing as much as uh, old school downhill bikes. So I don't think that's as much of an issue. And I think it could be actually an advantage to have a heavier bike at the bike park.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. I went down the rabbit hole of being a weight weenie on downhill race bikes. And I certainly found the limit. And once the bike is is so light, a lot of it had to do with, with wheels and tires though. Mm-hmm. So you could get away with having obscenely light stuff kind of all over throughout the bike. But mm-hmm. if the wheels and the tires were too light, it really just felt as if you, you just slowed down too easily. You just got bogged down. You couldn't hold your momentum the way you should. Yeah. And that's where you just throw on a little bit more beefy wheel and tire setup and just instantly the bike feels more confidence-inspiring, just pushes through, carries momentum well. Plow. um Yeah, plows through more. That. Yeah. You want to plow Yeah, that's that. a good feeling at a bike park for yeah. sure. Um, and, you know, the the win-win there is that not only does it kind of feel better and work better at a bike park, but it's also just more reliable. You yeah. You got, you know,
0: heavier wheels and tires
1: and you don't have to worry about blowing up wheels or tires. So that's yeah. that's kind of nice.
0: It's the last thing you want in the middle of park days. So yeah. you mess with a flat tire, a b- busted wheel, and your buddies are yeah. like, let's go do more laps. Yeah. yeah like,
2: remember, like, like uh maybe i don't know seven or ten years ago those santa cruz v10s came out mm. and like i remember i was racing at fontana at the time and yeah the whole team had santa cruz v10s car new carbon full front and rear triangles with NV wheels and stuff and i think the bike might have been too light yeah um, compared to everybody else's bikes mm-hmm. they were good bikes yeah for sure great bikes i'm sure they've still won a lot of races but yeah i think it Like they could have been too light and maybe deflecting off rocks too much. You kind of want to plow through stuff, not get deflected off of things. Yeah.
0: Yep. I remember I knew a guy who had one of those V10s, Mm -hmm. like 26 inch, you know, carbon everything. And it was like sub 30 DH bike. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. Like, okay. (laughs) How does that work? Yeah. But then you're right. It's like, you want the weight in the right places, you know, heavy duty, barely tires. Like you don't want to be flattened or, or busting wheels. Like, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. Yeah, there's certainly a limit to it for reliability and just the way the bike feels. And you know, if you even look at the top level World Cup racers in downhill right now, if they wanted to over the last 10 years, they could have demanded those bikes get lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter, and lighter but they kind of didn't. They kind of yeah. demanded. They would never work. Yeah, they, they kind of demanded more traction, better braking, better suspension kinematics. Like the things that the best racers in the world were demanding was not a lighter downhill bike. Yeah, it was a yeah. better performing downhill bike that really was kind of the same weight. And you need, yeah. a,
2: you need a bike that'll last you through the whole run. Yeah. You know, three, and, three, and three yeah, four exactly. minute downhill run <laughs> right. that's yeah. really abusive. You need the wheels yeah. to hold up. You need the frame to hold up and the whole weekend the whole weekend right? even yeah and now mm-hmm. they're
0: strapping lead weights to the bottom of yeah. downhill bikes I don't know if everyone's doing that well a lot no. of racers some people are, are yeah. just, they're literally zip tying yeah like there a lot people doing for her 500 gram weight to the bottom of their bike it
1: yeah. is funny once you ride an e-bike that has the weight down by the bottom bracket because that's where the motor is and sometimes the battery too it's like wow, that actually does change the way the bike rides. With all the it's confidence
2: right inspiring, yeah. and the bike is stuck to the ground, and you just turn, steer the ship. Yeah, and you're it feels just like it's on rails. It's so yeah. planted. Mm-hmm. The
0: E-bikes are so planted, and it's it, that's part of I think what makes them so fun for me, like especially in you know challenging terrain, mm-hmm. is like you can just point and shoot an yeah. e-bike, and you're gonna come out the other. That's end, why fine. I
1: still think if the gearbox ever gets. Pulled off in a good way, yeah. like that. the The weight distribution of a gearbox bike is way more logical. Like Phil makes said,
0: unsprung weight. Yeah, he's like <laughs> unsprung weight, <laughs> unsprung mass. Baby. Yeah. So
1: Phil on the Italy trip, he he's riding a Zerod, um, as any Kiwi should, and and the <laughs> Zerod is is a you know a gearbox bike, and they're. They're pretty impressive. I, th- I think there's still some kinks and quirks that they need to work out in terms of just perfection to have it compete against how good the existing modern day non-gearbox drivetrain is. But if it gets there, I think that's going to be that's going to be money.
0: It's compelling. Yeah, for sure. And,
1: and regardless of you know breaking derailleurs or any of that stuff, because that doesn't, it's not that's not really a problem to solve. But mm-hmm. to me, the there's not many problems with modern day drivetrains. Like they're f- relatively problem free, um, and they're reliable. the The issue really is like the next the next level up in terms of performance is just the weight distribution. Like get that giant cassette and derailleur, and now the battery on the derailleur, and move all of that stuff to the bottom bracket, and that's gonna just yeah, that bike's gonna ride way better. Yeah so makes sense i'm sure is working on it yeah they're not unaware <laughs> they're, they're very well aware of industry trends and what's going on and what makes bikes ride good yeah
0: i mean realistically yeah like the bicycle is the only thing that has like the gearbox or like the transmission whatever you want to call it on the back like at the rear wheel right like everything yeah, else is ex- like centralized ex-
2: exposed to the elements too yeah, yeah, and, yeah and exposed yeah, to totally. the elements.
0: like yeah i mean i guess cars like rear wheel drive cars have the tra- like you know whatever you got your transfer case and like regardless i mean yeah, it and it's like just
1: a lot of people because before it was you never really knew what you were missing because they're, what you didn't have unless you rode a gearbox bike, which are far and few to find. Yeah. But now that e-bikes came about and a lot of people have ridden e-bikes, they go, "Oh, whoa! This is pretty awesome with all this weight right here." Yeah. So, and even imagine an e-bike that had a gearbox too; It'd be even. Yeah.
2: That would make a lot of
0: sense. Doubly affecting. Totally. Make a lot of sense. Yeah. One even day, like a yeah downhill bike with a gearbox would be amazing. But wasn't he saying something about how you cannot pedal under load?
1: You can't shift and pedal at the same shift, time.
0: You can't shift and pedal at the same time. Correct. Yep. Okay, with the And with you the have to have a grip gear. shift. Yeah.
1: Cuz it has two cables that run out of it cuz it needs a push-pull cable situation. Yeah, a that that's what I'm saying. Like it's not out. like it's it's not perfectly competitive by any means yeah. yet, but it's really close. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For some
2: people that might be a good thing, but I feel like a lot of these products are developed under a race setting and that would never be competitive under a race setting. You know, that delayed shifting thing, you got to be able to shift exactly when you want to. And Mm -hmm. that's tough.
0: Especially with SRAM transmission where you can just be pedaling as hard as you possibly yeah. want and shifting at the same time. And then you have somebody with the gearbox. Oh, wait, hold on just one second. Yeah, <laughs> It's just not competitive <laughs> at the
1: moment, but, but there's times where that's an advantage, right? So if, you, if you're bombing a hill and then oh, sure. all of a sudden you see a, sh- a steep chute, you can just go roop and yep. shift all those gears without having to gear. pedal. And then you're in the right gear instantly yeah. when you hit that uphill. So. That's a cool feature of it. For sure. But yeah, it takes just getting used to. But yeah, as it is now, it's not really perfectly competitive. Yeah. Um, But it's making progress, so... One of these days, man, gearbox bikes. Yeah. I wonder what happens. Like if you're
0: shifting with the gearbox and you're, and you don't do it there at time. Like, do you just grenade the thing? Like.
1: we we'll I have to ask Liam. I think it just doesn't shift or it just like really like gives you a Yeah, Yeah, is not zero.
2: It just doesn't. I've, I haven't ridden one, but I've worked on a couple and yeah. it just doesn't really sh- want to shift. Okay. Like it kind of gets stuck in your hand. Um, it's like yeah, once you, once you let work. off pedaling then it kind of will will let you shift. But okay. if you're just pedaling and wanting to turn it, it's not going to want to turn. Okay. So you kind of have to let off.
1: Interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, if you all that are listening and watching want to hear more about Gearbox bikes, uh, let us know because Liam did ride one and it's got more experience on that thing. So we yeah. should talk more about them because it is pretty cool and interesting. Anyways, that's it. That's all. Boys, let's go eat some dinner. Let's do it. Thank you all for listening and or watching and we will see you in the next episode.
0: Cheerio. Peace. Cheerio.